Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. Yeah, you never were one for city lights. You said the block out the sky made the stars hard to find more of a Doro Queen Pink Jeebon 35s. If I close my eyes, I can see it now. Your long hair blowing in the wind with the windows down. Now you're out in the world and thinking about how we fell in love on the back road. Running up in the hall and waiting on now, girl, heaven only knows. Cause we were a bed, break a sipping black, baby, wine with the night moving fast. We were taking our time. I never thought you would go. Cause we fell in love on a back room. You're not much as changed, I still cruise around. And girl, I'm guilty, I admit, still feel your lips When I drive past the street where we first kissed If I close my eyes, I can feel it now A Friday night, Ferris wheel bounce, spinning round Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast. That was Chase Mitchell with Back Road. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you both doing? Hello. Wait a second. I thought we were going to change it. You're supposed to say hi, Carl and Greg. I'm supposed to say hello. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Hello. Do it again. Oh, that's my patented. Hello. Nicole, you do it again. We're doing it over. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast. That was Chase Mitchell with Back Road. Hi, Greg and Carl. How are you both doing? 
Hello. <laughs> what? What do you want? Forget oh, another it. another podcast. <laughs> Forget it. Here we go. So, um, so yeah, that that was straight ahead pop guy country, right? That mm-hmm. was uh, kind of reminded me. Uh, vocal kind of reminded me of Keith Urban a little bit, but uh, that's probably what he's going for. Right that. in the pocket, that guy. But you know what's interesting is what I hear, what I heard immediately, particularly with the intro. Is I was kind of hearing like seventies tenor, you know, kind of yacht rocky kind of thing. Like, remember Henry Gross and J.D. Souther and those guys. Yacht rocky, not to be confused with knock hockey. <laughs> well, I mean, I just think that um, yeah, it's got that real smooth kind of, uh, and there's a ton of personality in the vocal, which is that's on all those yacht rock singles. Some people might take offense to that. I, I, I happen to think that those records are really cool. Well, give me the quintessential yacht rock. Ambrosia. Really? Uh, I, think, I, yeah. I would think it's more it's Huey Lewis. Well, no, no, no. That, that was kind of a post-new wave. I mean, I guess some of, it was, some of it was so commercial. I loved Ambrosia. They were cool. Most people consider Christopher Cross to be kind of quintessential yacht rock. I remember one thing about Christopher Cross. Mm. He had that one big super hit, Ride Like the yeah. Wind, whatever it was. His first song, he broke right on the cusp of MTV. So, but yep. before that, guys could have hit records, but he was kind of a, a chubby guy, balding, right? And he wasn't yeah, really, really a, not. Didn't look like a rock star. Right. Sure. So I remember like the first video, then Duran Duran's coming out with these gorgeous guys. I remember his, <laughs> I remember his first video, Ride Like the Wind. You see him standing in the middle of this place with like so much smoke around him. <laughs> yeah. The really good uh, interview. I don't know if you guys are hip to this or not, but there's a YouTube channel out there that is just absolutely mind blowing. Okay. Uh, never met the guy, but his name is Rick Beato. He's got a recent interview with Christopher Cross, which is really illuminating. He's and like an amazing. This guy is an amazing guitarist. This guy, repeated. yeah, and he and he kind of dissects a lot of stuff and pulls the curtain back on a lot of things on how records have been made. Right. People that made these records have become big fans of his. He's a very down-to-earth, very cool guy. And so I, I'm obsessed with this this YouTube channel. I mean, he had a he had an interview with Jimmy Webb, of all people, for He's talked to Sting. He's talked to a bunch of people, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. A- it's really, I, I highly recommend it, you know, for... Our, our massive audience, we need to uh, turn he's too, them He's to too Rick good for Beyond. me, though. He talks yeah. about guitar stuff. He yeah, knows yeah, guitar he's backwards very, and forwards. Very, very engaging. He's too technical for me. Character. <laughs> but he's great. Well, he, you can tell he's a fan, too. So, you know, I mean, that's right. that's a big part of it, you know. Very cool. Some of these folks have been at this for 50 years, and it's nice when they meet somebody that really cares about what they've done. I didn't realize uh, one of the things that came out in this interview was that Christopher Cross was a very kind of seasoned player. He was a guitar player. Really? And one of the things that Rick deconstructs in this interview is that that guitar solo and Ride Like the Wind, is that the name of the song? Right, I think so. Yeah, there's a guitar solo at the end of that that's buried in the mix, but it's like shredding, you know, it's just like the most amazing guitar (laughs) solo ever (laughs) performed. And it's buried in the mix, so they literally take the tracks and they pull the solo up. That's kind of like Glenn Campbell. That no one realized that Glenn Campbell was a great guitar player. Oh yeah, well that's what he started out doing. Yeah, right, right. He was he was a member of the Wrecking Crew. Right, right. Yeah. All right. So what are we talking about? You know, I heard um, that BMI got sold. 
No, I think they're in the process of trying to sell it. What does that mean? Well, they're becoming I'll, I'll a, a for-profit you know, company. I haven't yet. formulated my professional opinion yet, but on the surface, we knew that that was possible 10, 15 years ago. And it puts uh, CSAC, which is the other pr- private performing rights organization, puts them in a strange position because they leveraged the idea that they were private throughout their existence. Now, BMI proves to everybody that they were actually owned by the broadcasters. So they actually proved to everybody they can create a valuation and they can actually sell it off. And so, you know, it's kind of contrary to what's called the consent decree, but it will be interesting to see what happens because quite frankly, that whole industry, the performing rights industry, I believe that it's propped up by the idea that these blanket licenses that are sold to major forms of media I think it's a false economy. I think these people that own television stations, people that own radio stations, people that own broadcast concerns, they pay way too much for the public performance of all this music. And I think that it could present a problem if you've got two of the three being private organizations. So that's well, just and- my that's my two cents. So the sale has not gone through yet, but apparently yeah, I didn't think it had. they're they're in talks with a company called New Mountain Capital for right. one point seven billion, right. um, which yeah. is a private equity firm. And like uh, like Carl said, there's a lot to talk about it actually on like what's going to happen. So. Well, that's bizarre too because I'm privy to what the numbers were for the previous sale of CSAC and. $1.7 billion for BMI. That's just, uh, that's interesting. Let's just say that. Sounds well, low. Sounds it low. It sounds low, especially because... Because BMI is so much bigger than CSAC, correct? Correct. But in terms of what's been collected and distributed, they said in their fiscal year for 2022, they collected $1.5 billion and distributed $1.4 billion. So I don't know if there's maybe some discrepancy there. No, they, I mean, they, they keep back a certain amount for operating capital and for expenses and all of that. But when you're a private organization, all of a sudden that is not so public mm-hmm. uh, listen so, to you know listen to us sounding like we know we're talking about something I know. <laughs> we're quoting numbers and stats uh, like- i gotta tell you i am <laughs> i am uh, so disenchanted with the music quotes industry that i don't give a damn about any of it to be honest with you i really don't so anything else, anything to talk about um i did receive a compliment on our podcast that i thought you and greg would really like I mean, I'll I'll let you know if it's a compliment or not. Go ahead. So (laughs) I received feedback because apparently there is a new podcast out there called Strike Force 5, which Fallon, Colbert, Myers, Oliver, and Kimmel all put together, and the proceeds benefit the actor strike or whatnot. Right, right. But I had a couple people who listened to it because they love podcasts, and they came back and said, well, it's great to hear them. They enjoy our podcast more. So we beat out at least the five late-night hosts that decided to get together in terms of entertainment. I watch Conan's every now and again. I, I, I think Conan's is good. I'm listening to this podcast now called The Jungian Life, and these people are all Jungian analysts, and it's like I think to myself I giggle sometimes because they say this stuff that you know I'm hanging on every other word. I'm trying to figure out what exactly it is they're saying. They're so damned smart. And I giggle, I think to myself, 
we're not going to be accused of that at 9420. You no, know, like, you not know, at we're all. Just, we, we're just chatting. We're chatting. I even always hated that. I just say, I never knew how to say some of these guys. Like, is it Jung or Carl Jung? Is it Jung? Jung, Jungian. And then is it like, yep. is it Kant or Kant? I, I see him. <laughs> Right? I always heard Kant, but, you know. W- w- I remember one time, I swear to God, I was in um, MoMA. Like, and I said, um, oh, look at the Van Gogh. And this jerk behind me, one of those jerks, this was back in the 80s. He had, like, a corduroy jacket with, with, the, with the suede elbows. You with know, the those patches on the elbows. Yeah. <laughs> like, what a schmuck. So the guy was right behind me. So when I go, I said, you know, look at that Van Gogh. And the guy says, I swear, to his girlfriend, that buffoon doesn't he realize it's Van Gogh? I go, bro, <laughs> like, what are you? You right? Shut up, Van Gogh. Oh man. <laughs> um, so, uh, I guess a funny story or a fun fact, but MoMA was Sean and I's first date, like when we officially like started dating really? a wow. decade ago. He didn't ago. say Van Gogh, did he? <laughs> no, what was that? what no, no, no. made it me laugh is we were long distance at that point. So this was our first date a month after we officially started dating. And we he took me there to like be fancy. And both of us were just laughing the whole time because we're like, we are not this pompous. And we are not, <laughs> we are not these people to go w- walk around looking at this art thinking, hmm, these dots look like they could have been done in this or whatnot. Like, Let's go so down we were, to the we, village. <laughs> we actually were making fun of the people throughout the whole thing because we were like, how are these people just sitting here staring at stuff for hours? Yeah. Pretentious knuckleheads. Huh? I'm currently obsessed with this television show that's, I think it's many years old, but it, it's BBC based. It's called Fake or Fortune. Have you seen this? No. Fake or Fortune is fantastic. It's like a kind of an art historian and a, a an art dealer, and he works with a uh, this woman that is a, a, a kind of a used to be a, a journalist, and they try to determine whether something is a fake or whether it's actually an original of that particular artist. And it's fascinating. And they go to all these galleries and you get to learn a lot about spectrographic Forgery. stuff and how they research this stuff. Really cool stuff. So we got some more music to play of uh We Chases? do. We have another single by Chase Mitchell called Strawberry Daiquiri. But before we listen to that, let's listen from his management company, which is Aristo Media. This episode features an artist managed by Aristo Media. The Aristo Media Group encompasses a broad range of services dedicated to offering the entertainment industry innovative, integrated marketing strategies. Aristo Media's distinct advantage is housing entertainment publicity and PR, digital marketing, video marketing, radio promotion, club marketing, and consulting all under one roof. The Aristo Media Group also epitomizes synergy. Together, the divisions combine talents to maximize client exposure through digital, print, radio, television, online, and video outlets. To learn more, go to aristomedia.com. Again, that is aristomedia.com. Look at you, I still 
still see spring breaking taste Malibu You in your bikini in Panama City Girl, I've never seen anything more pretty Still haven't to this day Strawberry sunsets Strawberry daiquiris Just you and me in the breeze Strawberry chapstick Strawberry lips all over me Tropical kisses oh so sweet Working them tan lines by the sunshine Strawberry daiquiris What I really want to do Is slip away with you If I leave right now We could check in by now Yeah, every now and then I close my eyes and pretend We're sipping some cold toes in the sand Coconut oil and you're living it in Strawberry sunsets Strawberry daiquiris Just you and me in the breeze Strawberry chapstick Strawberry lips all over me Tropical kisses oh so sweet Working them tan lines while the sun shines Sipping on strawberry daiquiris Oh, take me back I hear, I hear, I hear what you're saying, Greg. I hear the Keith Urban in his voice in this one. Yeah, and then, well, I, I, I'm even now hearing even more of that like kind of '70s vibe. I, I love, I like that song a lot. Vibe, um, yeah. I have a uh, flash, a news flash for him. So, what? Uh, based on that song, he needs to call Warner Chapel on Monday, and he needs to get a song and cut a song in their catalog it's called 99 bananas and if he if he cuts that he will have the b-side or he might have the uh a-side to a little single uh that's about drinking in panama city 99 bananas is a kind of a schnapps that they drink in tropical drinks and this song at warner chapel i don't know why somebody hadn't cut it and made it a huge summer hit it's a number one for somebody if they'll cut it. Go get it. Tell him I sent you. <laughs>
As far as a drinker, I loved when I was drinking strawberry daiquiris. I loved them. <laughs> okay, I loved them at, when I was young and there was no alcohol in them. I, the, I Virgin strawberry daiquiris were my go-to. But yeah. on the other side, when I was a bartender, I hate making them. I hate when they, I hate when they unless you had the machine where they were pre-made, but if you had to make it from scratch each time, like when someone came up, I'm in a rush, and one guy, I'll have two strawberry daiquiris, I'd say, oh, oh sorry, the, I'm sorry, the blender's down. It's broken. <laughs> the blender's broken. <laughs> the blender's broken. All <laughs> right. <laughs> Could I interest you in a... Vodka and yeah, tonic. Yeah, how about a vodka tonic, right? <laughs> Something simple. How about a shot of shot of snobs? <laughs> yeah. um, so we spoke with uh, Chase, didn't we? We did. He answered our questions of the week. Okay. So the first question that we asked Chase is Sorry, to tell Nicole. us you're fine. <laughs> the first question we asked Chase is to tell us a little bit about himself. What's going on, y'all? My name is Chase Mitchell. Um, tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I'm a singer-songwriter here in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm also uh, a husband and a father, which is probably my most proud job. <laughs> Definitely, certainly the one that keeps me on my toes the most. Um, I've been doing music my whole life, pretty much. I got signed to my first record contract and management contract, if you will, when I was you know, about nine years old. Um, and I was putting a boy band, which was wild. Um, it was back when boy bands were, I guess, a thing, early 2000s. But um, yeah, I uh, have a love for music, a deep, deep passion for, for performing. And I'm just really blessed to say that I've been able to do that. One thing I love so much uh, for the better part of my whole life. Um, but these days, I live here in Nashville, Tennessee with my wife and my two girls. And yeah, we play. I play a lot of shows down on the Gulf Coast and have a lot of shows coming up this July. So if you're down in the July-ish time frame in the Gulf Coast, uh, Pensacola or Destin area, make sure you uh, check out ChaseMitchell.com and follow along for some of the details. Come out and say what's up. I'm going to sound stupid, but is the Gulf Coast like the, uh, what is it, the the west side of Florida? It, yeah, it's the panhandle yeah. of Florida okay. and then like Alabama, I got Mississippi, the, and then the Gulf of Texas, like that whole area. It's the, cool. It's the Gulf Shores. Basically, the stuff that just got pummeled the last two days. Yeah. yeah. By Hurricane Idalia or whatever they're calling That's it. That's one thing, you know, I, <laughs> you, yeah, people say what they say about New York, but we never really get any severe weather anything. You, you know, got sandy. Yeah, by, by the time it comes. Not Manhattan. Well, not Manhattan. Oh, not Manhattan, yeah. By the time it comes across all that landmass, no, I think it's the buildings. Yeah. The buildings block all the air or the wind, and it, it knocks the, <laughs> it knocks the crap out of storms. They don't know what to do here, so they just <laughs> go away. You know. <laughs> what else do we ask, uh, Chase? So we asked Chase, what music artists have inspired your career so far? I grew up listening to all sorts of artists. Um, matter of fact, every Sunday, my mom would clean the house, and she would always be blaring like Michael Bolton. Or uh, some Michael Jackson, obviously, uh, but also a lot of times Stevie Wonder, especially the album In the Key of Life. So lots of amazing artists that I kind of grew up listening to. Um, but these days, you know, I draw on a lot of kind of crossover stuff, you know, people that are blending genres, kind of blurring the lines and almost genre lists. Um, I love Ed Sheeran. He seems to be able to do freaking anything and everything. Um, I love I love Keith Urban. I love the Jonas Brothers. Uh I think that especially the stuff that the Jonas Brothers have been doing here recently, super top-notch. 
you know, you might write them off as like, oh, it's the Jonas Brothers. But let me tell you something. If you're listening to the most recent albums that they've been dropping, they're freaking amazing songs. So anyways, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I love me some Morgan Wallen. Who doesn't, right? Uh, especially here in Nashville. Um, he's kind of like on that next level. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love all music, honestly. I've never really been set to one genre. Um, I kind of draw on lots of artists to inspire me now that he said ed sheeran you guys both have to give ed a chance mm-hmm. you know what you know i i give i do agree with those like i don't know anything about the jonas brothers but they, they get written off because they were the disney jonas brothers so yep, no yep, one takes yep. them seriously so he might be right no they they're, they're legit they were really? they always were actually really the second time in like a 48-hour period that an artist has literally lumped together Ed Sheeran and the Jonas Brothers into, like, things that inspire them. And I'm just very, mm. very curious as to, like, why, because they're both really good, but I would never lump the two together as terms of inspiration. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's refreshing. What's refreshing is that people that are doing this don't have a problem calling somebody an inspiration that is super commercial, you know? Everybody, everybody he named is really commercial. You know, that's refreshing. Anyway, what else did we ask Chase? So we asked Chase one more question, and it's, what is one service not offered right now in the music industry that indie music artists need? Something that I wish was, uh, you know, around or a resource that maybe I could have tapped into when I was uh, many years ago just getting started into music I wish that someone would have kind of created, and there's still room for someone to create this, but almost like a, uh, might sound corny, but like a dating app where that you could be paired up with mentors in their profession um, and artists. And artists could, you know, have a chance to have a little bit of one-on-one mentorship. You know, one day it could be, um, one week you could have issues with booking and you might need help with that. So you get to solicit some advice, you know, maybe you get to take someone to coffee that might be a booking agent and they can give you that one-on-one you know, knowledge, or it could be publishing questions. So you are able to take maybe a publisher to lunch or coffee or something and ask them the questions. Uh, and so maybe not even face-to-face stuff these days, you know, uh, it could just be just straight up through an app, you know, just honest questions and different aspects and different fields of the industry. Um, I know that I could have saved years, uh, tons of energy and money and frustration, um, just having more direct mentorship, fortunate these days to have an amazing team, um, you know, from my management all the way through to production and the songwriters I work with um, and collaborate with. It's It really is such a blessing, but I know I definitely wish something like that would have been around uh, at the beginning of my career. It definitely would have made life a lot easier. Well, to anyone out there listening, I will tell you, if you bring Greg for a cup of coffee, he will bore you. He will <laughs> bore you. He will I'll bore tell you, you sen- everything you need to know about your career. He will, right, he right, will right, bore right. you senseless about publishing. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll send him back to us and he won't shut up. So you and Sean's first date was at MoMA? Yep. That, 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 that's mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. That must be funny, man. Yeah. No, I mean, our first official date was MoMA, so... Cool. Yeah. Very cool. I know. So I guess before we end this podcast, there is something we probably should tell our audience since we haven't actively mm. spoken about it. What is um, it? Mm. But we have a new addition to the 9420, I guess, family, you would say, called The Rhythm Rundown. It's our new blog where we're going to be writing more, showcasing more artists that honestly we just can't feature on the podcast and giving some more music industry insight and information. So. Right. 
it is officially live. We've got two blogs up and we'll be doing a blog a week from here on out just talking about music industry stuff. So you get there by 9420.com. If you can go to 9420.com and there's a drop down in the miscellaneous that says Rhythm Rundown or you can go directly 9420.com forward slash Rhythm Rundown. Mm-hmm. One word, one loan. I guess I need to write something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And all you right. can hear me, <laughs> all of Greg's rantings. It'll be great. It'll be no, 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 no. That ain't going to happen. It'll be Greg's gregarious corner or something like that. I'll just do lists. <laughs> Stuff Greg doesn't care about. <laughs> or you could have an ask a publisher section where we get questions and you have to write <laughs> the answers. Yeah. yeah, and it just, every answer is it depends. <laughs> yeah, and up there, there, there is an address in a Google Map to Greg's house. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's okay. Somebody can come over. My my lawn needs mowing. <laughs> anyway, so are we done with this? I think we're done. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast. For everything that we spoke about in this episode, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to you all later. 